0: Kath is the founder and director of Geyser, helping to transform company culture through storytelling and design. Having worked with a number of companies including Southern Cross, Contact Energy, and NZ Police just to name a few, Kath has been instrumental in helping some of New Zealand's most recognizable brands become just that. So thank you very much for
1: coming on the podcast, Kath. It's great to have you. Thank you
2: for having me. It's an honor to be here to support you guys.
1: Brilliant. Awesome. So to start us off, can you expand a bit on what you guys do at Geyser?
2: Sure, so it's been an interesting journey for us that's been about 10 years in the making and we all came from a background of filmmaking, external brand, internal brand, so um, quite a wide discipline and um, my husband and business partner, Giles, was in the film industry and he was really burnt out and he'd been working like 12 hour days on Disney sets and it was 5 in the morning and he was at a quarry where they shoot and he was one step to falling in this quarry in the, at 5 in the morning to his death and he just came home and he said I've quit the film industry and I'm never going to work in it again and at that time we had three young children and I had always been um, had quite high pressure jobs in agency and design companies and I had stepped back and decided to just work part-time while he was in the film industry. And it was the first time that I'd ever gone to work in a corporate. I'd taken a, a contract job in um, Sovereign, which was part of ASB Group, and there was a really inspiring marketing team in there and I'd, and I'd always really undervalued um, the communications that went on inside, you know, we had always been these kind of external brand snobs, for want of a better word. And um and I and the lights just went on and I got to see how how culture was so important in the culture and brand process. And at that time we were working with some really inspirational guys who went on to transform IAG's culture. And um when Giles quit I, we had Geyser. We'd always had Geyser as a holding company and he was actually had the name to make a feature film for pink and white terraces and I said oh, well since you've decided to just quit I'm going to jump off the cliff with you and let's start Geyser as, a, as an agency and not being very clear on our purpose except the fact that we wanted more balance in our lives and we wanted to work together and we were really creatively driven and so um we set up, and we went, oh, okay, we're going to need some clients. <laughs> and um, we'd got round quite quickly, being a small town, and um, IAG asked us to come in and pitch on their EVP. And we didn't even know what an EVP was. I mean, we had to Google it, so it was actually an employee value proposition. And we had no idea that they called it a sniff test, and we were up against um, an agency called Colenso, which was really big, which was fortunate that we didn't know we were up against... One of the biggest and best in the country, so we showed some really random things—Power Ranger DVDs and this kind of, <laughs> kind of crazy stuff—and we actually won the job because they said we, we love that you're thinking, you're not coming with any preconceived ideas about this, and so it was just intuition, right? It's like, well, actually, the first thing we identified was, gosh, there's only they were only allowed to, there were some real constraints around how they could communicate from brand guidelines, and they were amazing because they just let us throw those rules out and um, we, they had burning platform at the time, they were losing a lot of talent to companies like Air New Zealand and Vodafone and but they were doing some really interesting innovative stuff inside but that story needed to be told um, and we were really fortunate and lucky that we got to help them to do that and set them on the journey that they're on t- today, when they're very much a purpose-led organisation. Mm. So, so that was great. That that happened over several, and we still, we re- you know, we were doing still playing and kind of both camps, doing external and internal, and but we were really, um, I realised that it was such a passion for me, and that over the years I have just realised that my gosh, your people are your first customer. Um, I, we got to see the impact that our work was making on on those organisations, not just on their bottom line, but to their people, but it was still, we weren't really sure how to shape that story up. So um, and then we decided, then we ended up and we did um, a whole lot of work for Frucal, which was a really satisfying journey and actually helped them to articulate their purpose, which is hunger to make drinks better, which is now their external that's their their why that um, is really embedded and um, and then an opportunity came from Southern Cross Health Society um, to work with them and at that point we were wow this is a thing we're actually getting this we're actually this is our passion and we're really driven by this and, and let's just be let's just own that we're doing this, mm-hmm. well, we still hadn't quite defined this. this, yeah, <laughs> um, because it was so broad. You know, we're helping them to take organisations to take strategies and articulate them into language that's meaningful. Um, and there was just so so sort of so much stuff going on, um, branding programs and. But the, the the strength we had was being able to see the big strategic picture, and and. Realizing that actually what sits at the heart is the brand framework and it is inside out and so I love the beautiful quote that um, Nelson Mandela uses and it's um, Talk to a person in the language they understand and that goes to their head and talk to them in their language And it goes to their heart and that's simply at the heart of what we do. We take the core of the organisation and translate it to language that's meaningful to be people mm-hmm. in an authentic way with action. So then, um, as you know, tragedy, tragedy struck and Giles um, died really suddenly of cancer and when we actually finally started to own the space and we moved into premises and we were really, you know, um, building the space and then that was just like, whoa! <laughs> Um, took a year off. Wasn't sure if I would go back to it. Hmm. Um, I really didn't know um, uh, what next, and and if I could do it without him. And um, and then I realised actually that was the legacy, right? And and that was how I could honour him to keep going. And that's when I went right. We're going to get really clear. Obviously, a year out of the business, and, and we've gone through some hard times and not just myself, but the team to go through such a huge thing as we were just really starting to build the team. And um, I said, okay, give myself to Christmas. Let's get really clear, do the brand strategy, let's do a rebrand and let's win some business. Mm. And if we can achieve those three things by Christmas, then you know, I know this is meant to be. And actually, the incredible team and we pulled together. And we actually achieved all three and through hiring um, a business strategist to help us get really clear on it and that's when I was telling you about Andy and when he presented it I was like whoa, there's no fluff, that's really clear and so um, uh, our vision is to be the go-to guys for the performance culture of New Zealand and um, we are a performance culture consultancy so everything we come through is the lens of performance mm. and how we do that is through um the employee experience yeah and and the brand and culture strategy being one of the same basically the brand it starts with the brand framework and um and our purpose is to create conscious workplaces beyond business as usual so that's why we get up in the morning and yeah, so that's that's, that's our vision and purpose,
0: and who really right. we are. And the um, the courage and the, and the passion that you've shown has been really inspirational yeah, um, for me personally, um, but I'm sure that uh, all your employees and, and everyone uh, involved has, has felt, felt the same way.
2: Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Just taking a bit of courage. <laughs> I tell you, it takes a bit of courage in a small country when you know we ourselves are only a small team, and and profit is important mm. to to. Um, use our values to make the call that actually uh, we want to work with companies that are truly committed to creating conscious work environments beyond business as usual. Mm -hmm. So that takes a bit of courage sometimes when there's a rub and maybe they aren't really genuinely committed to that, so yeah, Yeah. courage is is one of our values. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome.
1: What what advice would you give to somebody who's thinking, oh I'd really like to pursue what I want to do, I may not be happy in my position? and they're kind of teetering on the edge of just taking the plunge, what advice would you give to them?
2: I would say do some work on your own personal values and purpose, and then that will very clearly make your decision. So if you're working in an organisation and there's a disalignment between your purpose and values and their purpose and values, then it's, yeah.
1: For a young person just starting out on their career, um, what advice would you give them um, in regard to networking?
2: Networking. Okay, well I think it's just such exciting times, you know, this is going to be the last fully human race. And so going Mm -hmm. back to what the discussion was up in Wisdom, huge debate going about um, empathy and technology Mm -hmm. and building empathy into technology. And so when you're thinking about young people and networking, uh, young people have so much to offer now. I mean, the future is going to be made by you guys, right? So I think that um, it's interesting, Harry and I have been having that debate, like the word millennial is so outdated, I think it's an intergenerational thing, and so I think it's just about finding where the interesting conversations are for yourselves, and just Getting amongst the con- starting the conversation and the people will come to you. I mean, mm. use the social media forums that are at. You guys are just so naturally. <laughs>
0: yeah, we're using it anyway, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right but well. use it to your advantage, yeah, and sure.
2: perhaps rather than you, what I would say, rather than yourselves looking for the network, you become the network. Okay. The mm. people come to you. Yeah. So if you've got a point of view, start sharing it and mm-hmm. just be clear about what that point of view is for you and that passion. And, yeah.
0: Yeah, and create the discussion yeah, from there.
2: Exactly, and it goes back to just being authentic. And people mm-hmm. want to hear, you know, when you hear someone really that is real, you really, you resonate with that, yeah. right?
0: If you had to pick one challenge or problem that you wanted to tackle in the next 20 years or so, what, what do you think that would be?
2: It would have to be around, um, again, uh, sufficiency. And I'm really intrigued about the global living wage I think there's enough to go around I think um, uh, someone told me the purpose of money when money was first invented and it has a beautiful purpose Um, I've got to read it to you later the purpose when they first invented money because people were trading things right in the community so you would come to me and I would say I need my Horses chewed and and then you needed some tomatoes. But they realised that not everyone could offer that trade those services mm-hmm. necessarily. So money was um, invented to facilitate the sharing of goods and services, so everybody would have what they needed in the community. And I think that's a beautiful purpose. And I think what, I, and I think that just goes back to the heart of what we're about about creating conscious. Or work environments or workplaces beyond business as usual. It's that. It's about how can there be enough for everyone to go around. I mean, how can how can we balance things out a bit yeah. more?
0: So it's not it's not about winning or
1: losing. It's about sharing and, and having everyone. It's
2: about, yeah, purposeful. Yeah. Living that's better for everyone.
1: In this podcast, we had some um, discussions that naturally occurred in the conversation without being directly related to a question. In this next segment,
0: we talk about agility in the workplace, especially in consulting, and Kath drives home the importance of being adaptive to the needs of your clients.
2: People are, humans have a natural tendency against, you know,
1: when you think about
2: the big challenge in the workplace is how do you get people to be more agile and adaptable and, and you see it every day well, we go, well what does that look like and it's like well we need to map that out and it's actually well you know it's that agile approach actually mm-hmm. will that limit you if it's all mapped out mm,
1: absolutely so how
2: yeah. what's the shift now to here to here to here but if we're mapping out a whole change comms program you don't even know what's going to yeah. be yeah
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think I see that in education a lot too. Like I've just started a lecture series where he doesn't set what topics we're going to learn each week. It's an ethics paper in management. And it's really cool because it means if something gets brought up in class, he doesn't feel like he has to cut it short. He can spend the whole lecture talking about this topic. And so I think in, in the same in consulting, it's sometimes you, know, you don't want to be hamstrung by the fact that you're like, oh, we need to be hitting these targets. We need to adjust to what the actual needs of the client are. So yeah, I think it's a brilliant ethos.
2: Yeah, I and mean, I think it's that thing about not necessarily, what does progress look like? I don't think it's necessarily looking back and review all the time. Yeah. I think it's about solving real, um, uh, solving real bris- business challenges in real time. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, and that's an interesting topic in itself, I <laughs> yeah, suppose. Yeah.
0: yeah. A few different yeah. paths we can go down, but yeah, I yeah. think that's, yeah, some of the stuff talked about has been really interesting, and um,
1: do you have any, any more questions? No, I'm really happy. It's been great. Yeah. I it's do. Really what, are, awesome. yeah. what are
2: you guys most excited about, <laughs> about the future? About I the future? Mean, um, the world's your oysters. You're building it.
0: I think for me it is the shift that, that we can take, and, and as young people um, we now have so much more ac- accessibility to, to make these shifts or changes, whichever um, one you'd like to call it, uh, through social media particularly because uh, we can start something like this and, and reach people in ways that we never ever would have been able to 10, 15 years ago if we were born in a slightly different generation.
2: That's um, so empowering, right? It is, it's very yeah, empowering. It?
0: I mean, um, even if nobody watches, like we can still, we can still affect some sort of change um, somewhere. Sure. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm most excited about. Uh, being able to uh, pick your your passions and your purposes and have a having a huge, a whole different way um, of pursuing those now.
1: That's fantastic. And quite similar, I think, being able to, like you touched on before, having discussions and I think, I'm hopeful that we may, I think they talk about a lot the idea that we might be able to f- have more time to have in-depth discussions and not kind of be heads down rat race the whole time. If we could actually Say channel automation has this huge stigma around it, but I think if we could channel that to actually give everybody a little bit more time in their day to pursue do interesting mm-hmm. discussions and do, do things that they'd like to do that isn't necessarily work. yeah find, find their own passions and be able to you know go off on tangents themselves mm-hmm. and, and have discussions with people. I think that's something that could be really exciting in the next 10, 15 years. Yes,
2: I love that. Yeah, I agree. I think we need to get out of our heads more and have more balance.
1: At this point, we've really gone through all of our questions and the interview um, developed into a free-flowing discussion under the assumption that we would actually wrapped. Um, And actually, the content that we got in this post-interview section was so interesting that we decided that we needed to put it in. In this
0: segment... Kath shares some anecdotes about discrimination and briefly examines the subjectivity of a human experience.
2: Um, for example, when we are doing um, big, uh, um, rigorous discovery and we're going and we're interviewing all the CEOs, and I would often, my colleague, would come and they think I'm the secretary taking the notes, and that we have to say, Kath, the director of Geyser, it, it's interesting, he's, you know, actually what we witness the most with, in, in some of those situations is the um, the bullying that women do to women.
0: Right.
2: Mm. It's not necessarily a man. Mm. But, okay. Um, but definitely, I mean, I don't know because I'm not a man, so I don't know how the negotiations go Yeah. when you're not with For sure, there has to be
0: the internal sort of negotiations between
2: them. oh no as uh, as as myself negotiating right. as a woman director okay with a, with a male mm-hmm. um, CEO for example, you have to work quite hard to show your value, yeah sure, but maybe that's just general because i what well, that's just my perspective, what am I comparing it to? Right. Yeah. yeah, well,
0: no doubt that you probably. Um, in some situations, anyway, that you'd, you'd have to work harder. Um
1: but maybe just don't know. You don't know it, again, yeah. you
2: know? So so it's maybe interesting. Maybe that's
1: part of the problem, yeah, I think. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no one can really compare their experience with anyone else. You can't...
2: Well. Em-
0: in this final bit, Kath describes her vision for a global community, conscious consumption, balance in life, playing to your strengths, and reaching a flow state in work.
2: Just maybe make it succinct. That's
0: the exact... Um, uh, sort of discussion that, that
2: I, I wanted to have, yeah. Well, you know, be, sure. like I'm shitting myself about tomorrow. Yeah. You know, that's like fear of failures coming up, imposter, oh God, you know, what? <laughs> New Zealand audience, tough, why, they'll be saying, why did you get someone from America sharing stuff, you know? and uh, But I don't think like that. I think it's about a global, global community and it's about bringing a point of view mm-hmm. from anywhere that anyone that's challenging a work workplace beyond business as usual. I mean, business as usual used to be enough, right? Everyone was striving for business as usual. Mm. But actually, how can we go beyond that? And it goes back to what you are saying. It's about balance in life. It's about, you know, Anne-Marie and I were talking about it this morning. Look at the philosophers that used to sit down and what they created because they've had time to philosophize, meditate, conscious, conversation. uh, and, And tomorrow, for me, that was really about more than ever In the digital age, I think we're starved of bringing our communities together, you know, to have robust conversations. And we might not all agree or whatever, but um, I guess that's what tomorrow is about. Mm. It's just like, yeah, get your your community together and have a conversation. So, what Simon's talking about tomorrow, which is a big deal up in San Francisco, is a book called Stealing fire, where everyone's microdosing to access higher levels of consciousness
1: oh, okay. was, and yeah, well, that's been um, yeah. to get
2: into flow state. Yeah. So that's where they're working with a lot of leaders that are doing that because they've got to get beyond, you know, the 10,000 hours and working anymore, the world's moving so yeah, fast. Okay. How do you get into flow state and stay in flow
0: state? <laughs> <laughs> so like and LSD and stuff like
2: that. Yeah, it's microdosing. Yeah. LSD and all sorts of things. But yeah, that's, that's the reality of what's going on that's and okay. why. You know.
1: Uh. Yeah, because I guess there's that wired stuff that they ever you sometimes see on Facebook right before exams, where it's like you only need to study for two days now because you're going to be so much more like, cognitively <laughs> available. But it's, it's <laughs> but it, I think it's flow state. Is
2: what you're saying? It's like there is enough, there is enough time, there is enough money, yeah. there is enough, we, there is sufficient. And it's like, we're on this grind, like, oh, if we just get make 30% more profit this year, or then next year we'll make 30%. Or it's like, people with their houses, they're filled with stuff, and then they go and buy a storage container to put more <laughs> stuff in, and there's all these homeless people and all these sheds full of people's stuff, but they're not even living in there. And yeah. I mean, it's that thing, that is enough time, it's about... Um, yeah. it's about being really conscious about choosing those decisions. And we don't she have it, right? Look at A.M. She's still bloody here slaving.
0: <laughs> A.M. Still gone strong. It's
2: terrible. It's you never worked so hard in all your life. <laughs>
1: no.
2: <laughs> yeah. But there is a goal we're aiming towards, right?
1: Yeah. Mm. I think you always talk about how you're loving the work and it's fulfilling... Then again, it can be, it can be great. It's like if I was doing this hmm. podcast all the time, I would have no problem. I say that
2: like yeah. there's so much stuff where people would use to focus on. Like this was a big thing in organisations, right? They would go, "Who's our high potential people in the organisation? Oh my God, we've got X, Y, Z. Okay, we're going to go and send them all around the business to get so they can be completely across every part of the business, and then we'll nurture them into the leadership roles." And then they go, what happened to that hypo? What happened to, they call them hypos. What happened to that hypo? Why have they dropped off? Why have they dropped off? And they realize because they weren't playing to these strengths, as soon as they went and had to learn about finance, they just completely yeah. disengaged. And so the saying is, a well, a good, le- a good leader is not well-rounded. You know, it's about pointed passion. It's about mm. what are your key good strengths your best strengths, what really, like, what gets you out of bed in the yeah, morning, besides, yeah. and how are you fueling those, and then, if you're playing to everyone's strengths, and being a strengths-based organisation, or just yourself personally, it's so much easier, mm-hmm. right, and then, you find the people that are good at the other stuff, yeah. I'm terrible, I've, I've, my, on my 360, I'm, like, creativity and 5% processes and systems. That's why the business took a long time to start getting the right foundations because I realized it was absolutely crap at processes and (laughs) that's the bedrock of the organization, right? So then I had to make sure I hired people that were really Mm process-driven. Yeah. And so...
0: I think that's one of the the main things that I've been... um, that's made me so happy working at SalesStars because they, they really understand that. Uh, and
2: exactly, right?
0: And it was one of the reasons they hired me because they have all these... Um, high performance uh, ex salespeople or current salespeople that enjoy going out and and the the wooha sort of stuff. And um, they didn't have anyone that enjoyed the process or the detail. Yeah. Um, and then and that's, that's where it felt
2: I, that's the disconnect, right? Yeah,
0: and that's why I fit yeah. in perfectly because because those are my strengths.
2: Exactly, exactly. I've just it's taken me off so many failures. I've had so many fuck ups and failures along the way to learn the what seems now really basic lessons. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's so bizarre. And, yeah, got to
0: have a well-rounded Yeah, and then I'm doing
2: it for tomorrow, right? i freaking out. But then I go, oh, that's okay. I know that I can, you know, if you don't experiment and, yeah, if it doesn't work, well, that's fine. It's an experiment. And mm-hmm. I tried it and be proud that I put myself out in the arena and it didn't work. So, yeah. like, you know, it's like, I don't know. It's, 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 uh, it's interesting. Cool. Yeah.
1: yeah, the strength stuff's really great. It relates back to what Caitlin was talking about in the last podcast. Yes. Actually, it was that idea of, um, they talk, you know, a lot, I think it's a thread that's really coming up now. It's like, yeah, really play to your strengths and be okay with what you're not so good at. And, you know, it's okay to not be great at everything. Yeah, yeah. oh my
2: gosh, absolutely. And then that's just about being real. And if everyone was just a bit more vulnerable and more yeah. honest about, you know, like, you know, you resonate with someone when you see they're really mm. being. Who they really are? Yeah, so it took me to. a long time to learn that. To go, you know, I'd always be like, "Oh my god, what was to this meeting?" And oh go, you know, and it's like, "Oh my god, just show up as you. Own that I don't have a degree. Own that I left school at sixteen. Worked my way yeah. through. You know, all those things that actually, I now really, um, one of my strategies. I actually really love hiring people that don't have. Degrees or a, it's kind of mixing it up, like coming from a different industry into this and bringing that. Is that kind of? Um, I think that's when you get the intersect of interesting happening. Yeah,
0: sure. yeah. So they can bring their their own experiences yeah. and, and qualities with them from. from yeah, and if on. you're
2: truly a passionate creative strategist, sometimes you'll be indoctrinated through. I, I like the fact that actually you get more free thinking if you're not indoctrinated through. a a, a creative degree, hmm, for
1: example. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, again, that inclusion, I think that theme around the company is really Yeah,
2: yeah, it yeah. It's, like really it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's that, it's, Yes, yeah, see the human, you
0: know. Well, thank you for joining us, Katha. Thank you really, so much. I had a really, really awesome conversation. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. it. Uh, uh, yeah, so, so also thank you for watching, um, and we'll see you next time.
2: <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks, thank you so guys. much.
0: Yeah, that was great.